we were gone, we did not suffer at all. Okay. <laughs> Just in case you were worried, we were on a 10-day cruise to Alaska, and uh, that was a beautiful experience, and really, yeah, amen. It really it enlightened me to another degree of the beauty of God's creation, and also the beauty in you as God's creation. As we were a part of, you know, um, this floating city of lots and lots of people, we, we saw something very powerful in the types of people and the opportunities to, to pray, and the Lord just stirred upon me, you know, you're there, and I'm just chilling, which for me has not been something I do well, and so I was chilling, and this person walks by, and the Lord said, intercede. Well, I'm chilling. <laughs> What's up with that? Doesn't the Lord know I'm vacation? There's a point to that. Uh, we're not on vacation from the things of the Lord, and that we are always to be doers of the word and members and truly citizens of the kingdom. You know, none of us wakes up in the morning and go, you know what? I'm going to be the biggest knucklehead on the planet. I'm going to do these really dumb things. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to go yell at this person who cuts me off. Um, this rude clerk at the grocery store, I'm going to let them know what I think about him as well. And when someone doesn't say hi to me in a timely fashion, I'm going to let them know too. And, you know, in high school, you know, if some kids, I'm looking straight up. If, <laughs> if some kids are rude to me, well, I'm going to show them I'm going to be rude back. Now, that happens, doesn't it? But we typically don't wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to do that. So what, what happens? What happens? What what takes place and over the last few months the Lord has been stirring in this in my life and in my heart another another place for lack of a better way of putting it on being a doer of the word and the revelation of being a citizen of heaven of being a citizen of heaven so if you would open your Bibles please to James chapter 1 and then we're going to be turning from there to Philippians uh, chapter 3, James chapter 1, we're going to be reading verses 22 through 25, but I want to set some context. Okay, James is Jesus' half-brother. James was raised with Jesus. When, when Jesus first started proclaiming the fact that he was the Messiah, James did not believe it. Okay, can you imagine being James? Being raised in the family with Jesus? Why can't you be more like Jesus? Huh? <laughs> Jesus never makes a mistake. Jesus never talks back. Jesus never, because it says in the word, he was a man without sin. So he wasn't disrespectful to his mother. He, he was perfect. And could you imagine being James? That's some tough sledding, you know? So I put myself in my, my birth name is actually James, but, the, you know, this, this picture of what it was like for James. And then he came to this revelation of who Jesus was. And, and with all of us in him, he began to walk out this truth of revelation of Jesus, his brother, 
his, his actual natural brother, as well as his Savior and his King and his Lord. And he's going through this and he's declaring in the Word some things about every good and perfect gift comes from heaven. He's setting a context of how much we're going to run up against challenges in life. And to counter joy when we go into various trials and to come through victory, understanding that there's struggles in life. Anybody aware of that? <laughs> Just checking in case you don't know that there are struggles in life. And he gets down to this place and, you know, it also gives us exhortation, lay aside all filthiness and all bad language and all that stuff. And then he says in verse 22, but, so we've set the context, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. The word is very powerful, and if we, we can blow right by that, deceiving ourselves. Because, see, if we're, not being, if we're not doers of the word, we are doers of our word. <laughs> and that's not good. And we deceive ourselves. And, and the enemy of our soul, Satan, can just kick back on a lounge chair with iced tea because he doesn't have to even worry about us. Because we're not doing anything for the word. We're not acting upon the word. We're not caring about the word. We're not studying the word. We're just doing our own word. And therefore we deceive ourselves. And it goes on to say this. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, better known as the word, and continues in it, the word, and is not a forgetful hearer of it, the word, but is a doer of the work of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does or she does. Can we see clearly that the word is kind of important? It's, it's ultimately is the power of God. Jesus was the word made flesh. Now let's look over to Philippians real quickly. Philippians chapter 3 Setting context here as well is, is important. Um, Paul is exhorting and is connecting with the truth of the power of the resurrection. He's recognizing some things that he wrestled with, with in the past. And he says, you know, press towards, press towards, press towards the goal of the, of the mark of the high calling of God. To lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of you. And then he says, so we're in context for our citizenship is in heaven, from which you, we also eagerly, eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. All things. All things. So, loved ones... We are citizens of heaven, according to the word. You believe the word? Say, say this with me. I am a citizen of heaven. Did we catch that? It's so important to be doers of the word and recognizing our citizenship of heaven. And that we should walk out. So the, the title of the message, what should I do and how should I act? What should I do? We should do the word. And how should I act? Like a citizen of heaven. All right, we're done. We can go home. <laughs> uh, I have a couple more things to share regarding that. So, um, 
as we, as we look at this journey, when everything's going fine, you know, we don't have any problems being citizens of heaven. We don't have any problems with doing the word, like, oh, man, I got all the money I need to pay the bills. Huh? I even have a little extra to go to Alaska. Oh, by the way, thank you all, those of you that contributed to our trip to Alaska, because that was really cool. Um, that was really cool. Um, and I won't get into that right now. But, uh, connecting to the truth of being a doer word and walking our life out as citizens of heaven is that application is everything. Being aware of it is, is great, but unless we do it, nothing changes. And quite frankly, it's confusing to people around us because we say one thing and we do another. And the Lord wants us to be very consistent in our walk with him and to be walking as citizens of heaven. So if we can grasp that picture, a kingdom action and exercise is to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. And act like citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Act like citizens. And it doesn't, it, it's not an age thing. In other words, well, the children's ministry, they probably can't act like children of heaven. Well, they act like citizens of heaven. Well, Paul and Joy, they're seasoned in their life, so they act like citizens of heaven. Well, Neva, she's the rock star of faith, so she acts like citizens of heaven. Well, then there's Jay. He's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he looks, he acts like a citizen sometimes, and the other citizenship he acts out, I'm not sure where that comes from, but you, know, you see what I'm saying? The Lord wants us to be consistent in how we walk our life. So I'm going to look at four basic principles, three slash four. One is to, to walk this out as to be a doer of the word is that we need to be willing to study the word. You can't do what you don't know. True? And secondly, is that we pray the word because we can pray stuff that's not kingdom. So when we pray the word, we're anchored into the word of God and the Holy Spirit's directing us. And then third is that we love and forgive. I'm tying those together because it's an action. It's not a feeling that we love and we forgive. If we walk these out every day, then we will definitely be do doers of the word and attending to a greater citizenship in the kingdom of God. So let's look at our first point. Do the word by studying the word. Then we should better understand how to act like citizens of the kingdom. This is the citizenship manual, the Bible. So if we don't know what's in it, we can't live it. Okay, now this is different than the laws of the land of the United States of America. Praise God. Okay, <laughs> amen. The gig with the laws of the land of the United States of America is humanoids, better known as people, can't seem to behave well because they're not paying attention to this word. So then the law of the land makes a law to make them behave well. How's that working? <laughs> Not too spiffy, huh? Well, something else goes, well, we'll make another law. We'll make another law. There's so many laws, you can't keep up with them all. And the jails and prisons are full of folks that are not keeping the law. It's the heart change that makes things happen. Being a doer of the word of God makes things change. Being a citizen of the kingdom of God makes things change, not the laws of the land. Amen. That was free. It wasn't even in my notes. But the study of the word connects us to the truth of how that works. So I'm going to go over some methods of study. The first one is 
when we look at the Word of God, so we're studying the Word. What is the context of the Word of the passage? So important. You notice when I shared the passages that I'm teaching on, I set context. Because if you just take a piece of Scripture out of context, you can get all messed up, okay? So context is so important. A part of context is also looking at, is it an, a study principle is, is it an absolute truth or is it a relative statement? What does that mean in Scripture? An absolute truth says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Pretty absolute, isn't it? Okay? Jesus also said, if you lust with your eye, poke it out. Hmm. If you, if you steal with your hand, cut it off. I'm not digging that one too much, okay? Now, the fact is, it was a relative statement in the scope of self-discipline relating to the Word and being a doer of the Word. And he's using this relative statement as somewhat of a shock therapy to these guys who are law-driven. They're law-driven people. They're Old Testament people. And he's like, okay, if you want, that's how you want to roll? Check it out. This is, oh, wait a minute. Let's, let's revisit this, okay? Now, Patty and I, about 10 years ago, were ministering to a marriage um, through the fire department. Well, it must have been longer than that. I've been retired for a long time, 13 <laughs> years. Um, and this marriage, this person was a believer, a Christian and took the word, a relative statement, literally. And he was lusting after a woman. And he could not break that. It was, a, it was a dark spirit. It was a demon that was after him. And he literally poked his eye out. He literally took a screwdriver and went. I know, it's a trip. What I'm saying is context is important. Okay? And I, some of your looks are just amazing. But... I mean, that's, that's really a stark statement. But we were like you when they, she said it. She goes, yeah, he did it. And I was like, oh, okay. But the point is context. Is this an absolute truth? Old Testament, New Testament. In the Old Testament, if someone's caught in adultery, you stone them to death. Yes? New Testament, if someone's caught in adultery, what do you do? You correct them, you love on them, restore them to life and health as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. You don't kick them out or kill them. Okay? So there's a whole different context. And if we just take the word without context, we can get all messed up. Next. Um, this, is, this is deep. You ready? <laughs> Think about it. Truly think about the word and what it means to your life. What does this mean? Context and meaning. Think. Jay Donnelly. Think about what this word is saying to you. What does it mean to you? How am I going to change because what I've, I've discovered in this word? What does it mean? Think about it. In order for us to walk in this sense of meaning... We've got to think about it. And it's got to be deep to our heart. And I was sharing with a, a gentleman, I was at some meetings in Kansas City for Foursquare, and uh, this man reads the word. I mean, he, he's just boom, boom, boom. Read, 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 read. And so I'm thinking, okay, we're rooming together for a few days here, and it's like, 
So, share what you've discovered from what you're reading. I mean, he literally went, I said, where were you reading? Maybe I can get, stimulate something. (laughs) He didn't remember. Because he wasn't thinking about it. He was reading to check the box because that's the program they're in right now in the church he attends. Reading through the Bible in a certain amount of time and check the box. And so you're accountable to your box checker unit leader. Okay? And I'm not trying to make it light of it, but that's how easy it can happen. And we feel good about it. I read the word, I read the word. And he was like, oh my gosh. How much do you read? Um, Whatever the Lord is speaking to me. Sometimes it'll take me a couple years to read through the Bible. I don't, I don't, my point is, think about it. Think about it, no matter how old you are, no matter how long we've been around. Paul Jones thinks about the Word. Joy Jones thinks about the Word. They consider the Word and how it applies to life. That's a model for all of us to watch and to walk out as well. Oh, oh, oh! Do we, do we like this whole, like, I'm a Christian. Is it a label or a lifestyle? I'm a Christian business. I've had a couple of those in my life. Got the fish and the whole thing on the business card and the whole nine yards. Okay? The outcomes aren't all that spiffy all all the time. Because it's a label and a lifestyle. And we've all had that happen, haven't we? And we go, well, they're not acting really Christian-like, are they? Well, then just what? We just didn't either. Right then, when we decide that we're now somehow or another superior, what we do is we function as, act like citizens of heaven. So that is, citizen of heaven, Jesus is the model citizen. He created this whole deal. So we follow his model. And so we pray for them, we encourage them, we help correct, we bring love into the equation. I'll get into that a little bit more in just a minute. It's super important that we just function in a, in a heart cry of what does the word mean and how can I grow in my life? Do I meditate on it? Do I consider it deeply? Is, is forgive them. And I'm going to get into this whole dimension of forgiveness in just a moment. How can I act upon the word and apply it or exercise it, exercise the word in my life today and every day without exception? Ask that question of yourself. How can I exercise the word and apply it in my life every day, every day, every day? Well, there's this kind of cool thing that we need to recognize. It's called obedience. <gasps> obedience to the word. Now, we also have to understand that we have a spiritual enemy, and his name is Satan, and all the demonic forces of hell that want to keep us from applying the Word of God to our life. Oh, you don't need to do that. You don't, you don't need to meditate. You're wasting time. You've got stuff to do. Blah, 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 blah. Anybody have those voices in their head? Okay, just, just me. All of you are like, like totally holy. you got this thing wired. Here's my point. Consider the spiritual war. Consider the setting of the Word and how we're functioning in it in our life. And then let's really look at obedience. Let's go over to 1 Samuel for just a moment. 1 Samuel, chapter 15, verse, um, we're going to read from 22 and 23, but to bring the context, this is a, um, a situation where Saul 
uh, has decided that he's going to do things his way instead of God's way. He's going to do things halfway instead of all the way. And then he sacrifices some animals to make himself feel good about himself and, and starts blaming others about his disobedience. And we pick up here when Samuel is prophesying. So Samuel said to him, Saul, and he said to Jay, um, this, this was an encounter with me and the Holy Spirit on January 1st at oh dark early in the morning about complete obedience. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. We can say it this way. Has the Lord, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and all of the stuff more than obeying his voice? No, he does not. And when I quote this and meditate on this scripture every day, which I do, I say that to myself. Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. And I say out loud to myself, no, no. Or the, that to heed his voice than, you know, this fattening of the lambs and burnt offerings. No, absolutely not. Verse 23 says this, for rebellion is as sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Uh, that, that's one we really like to dance around, okay? And I could do no dancing on January 1st. I'm battling shingles. Um, I'm dealing with stuff that has come directly from me not being obedient. And it's taken a toll on my own physical body. And me and the Lord, I mean... I, he was bringing me videos, literally, Holy Spirit, um, you know, big screen of times he had warned me along the journey. And I, I was struggling with what I felt was the call of the moment or the call of the time, the overarching call versus the decision at the moment. And it happens to all of us. We feel called to a certain situation and setting and so things are happening like, you know, but in that, I discovered that obedience to the voice of the Lord, which never counteracts the word. The voice of the Lord always aligns with the word of God, the written word. Always, always, always. So obedience is kind of a big deal. We can make no excuses. And so we pour this down. The first three elements of this is one is that we... Look at the context. What does this mean and how am I going to apply it, which takes obedience, yes? And then the next piece is, I'm going to say this real quickly for the sake of time, is how many of you have heard of the, the method of soaping the scripture? Soap, S-O-A-P. For those of you who haven't, it's been about 50% 50 of you. S, you're reading the word and get a journal and you, there's a scripture that jumps out at you. S stands for scripture. Write the scripture out, the passage or two. O stands for observation. What do I observe about this that's going to change my life? And now comes Avil, application. What am I going to do different that applies this to my life? And then P is prayer. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. 
So if those two, there's all kinds of methods of study. Those two study methods, if you engage one or both of those, you will indeed have revelation of the word just pouring into your life. Therefore, you can walk it out much easier. Now, I want to talk about uh, one thing real quickly of praying the word. Do the word and act upon the word by praying the word, which is God's will for us as citizens. Praying the word is actually declaring the word of God. And there's also praying is also listening to God. It's, it's a dialogue, not a monologue. A dialogue, not a monologue. So having seasons of quiet in the journey are very well, very important. We pray the word because the word of God is, the, is God's will. And it is the anchor point of our faith. Not, he is the word made flesh. So everything about our faith is connected to the word. So we must pray the word. We pray the word because the word releases promises of God over a situation. We're declaring God's promises. Now, what we normally do is declare all the problems. Oh, you can't believe that person. They're lying to me all the time. And I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to tell them off. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And we're just declaring all the junk. When the word of God says we're to pray promises of God over the situation, intercede, do warfare over that situation. Because they're probably not waking up in the morning trying to figure out how they're going to mess up the situation either. And you're not waking up in the morning trying to figure out how you're going to mess up the situation. I used to teach supervision in the fire service. And I say, so I'd be teaching captains and battalion chiefs. So you're waking up in the morning and figuring out how you can mess up your fire stations. (laughs) No, but half the people in your fire stations are saying, this is messed up. Because we're not paying attention to business. We're not paying attention to business. It's the same here. We're not paying attention to business. Connect to the word. Be a doer of the word. And also, I had us repeat, not because I'm trying to get into some religious narrative, but we are citizens of heaven, so we have to pray like we're citizens of heaven. We have to follow Jesus' model. He was the model citizen of heaven, and he prayed effectively, and we are to pray effectively. And when we pray the word over a situation, we pray effectively. I read somewhere the fervent Prayers of the righteous availeth much. So we need to engage that truth in our life and pray in the word. And it's warfare and it's intercession. And I'm going to wrap this up with this last point here. Do the word. This is a run-on sentence. I, I do well at run-on sentences, by the way. Do the word and act upon the word by forgiving and loving according to the word. Because that is what citizens of heaven are supposed to do love and forgive so let's go to matthew chapter 6 for just a moment <clears throat> matthew chapter 6 very common passage jesus is teaching on prayer and he's explaining some things to them and he gets to this point in 14 and 15 and he says something very profound he says for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's an awesome one. We love that one. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive yours. What's up with that? Does he not know that I am a Christian? Huh? I am like a Christian. And according to what I understood, it's like I'm forgiven. Well, Yes, of all the stuff you have done. 
okay? But also, as soon as I refuse to forgive an offense against me, I just sinned. I'm just in that spot. And what I've done is I've, I've tied it to myself. And the Word of God says, whatever is bound on earth around Jay Donnelly's life is bound in heaven. Jesus is saying, will you just let go of it? Then I can do something with this. I've said this many times, but it's so true, and I run into it time and time and time and time again. And I was at, at, to tie this into, into context, is it's a constant process in our life. How many of you in this room have ever been offended by another person? For the, for the media, everybody. Next question, how many of those people were Christians? Raise your hand. The same group, okay. So those same people did not get up in the morning and go, you know what, I'm going to mess with Pastor Steve. I'm just going to mess with his day. No, they inadvertently did something. Or they were pulled into their own view of the situation, and they just were sucked into it. And I, remember, I was at this, these meetings in Kansas City, and I'm, we're talking about something that triggered something that occurred six years ago. And it was a painful journey. And it involved another brother in the Lord. And it hurt so bad. And I'd forgiven that and forgiven that and forgiven that. And I was like, woohoo, free. And then, bam, there it is again. What's up with that? It's like the whole emotion rose in me. And so, all right, I've been meditating on this. Am I a doer of the word or am I a talker of the word? Am I a Christian by a man or is it a label? Am I a citizen of heaven? And so the word of God says, pray for that man. Bless that man. Encourage that man. Support that man. Call that man. Pray for that man. Bless his family. And as soon as I started doing that, woohoo! Glory to God. Amen. Life's good, okay? But if I would have kept meditating and not been a doer of the word, I was deceiving myself. The enemy got the, plant, the seed planted and just sat back and drank iced tea and watched me go into the hole. True? We got to wake up. We got to wake up. We are citizens of the most high God, the heaven above all. Woo! And we have some privileges. We have to walk in them. Now let's look over at this real quickly over at 1 Peter. And I will... Uh, the, the first service, someone, um, what would be the word? They didn't have faith in me that I was actually closing. I know that's hard to believe. Um, so First Peter 4. It'd be good if I was in the right chapter. Four, I know I can do it. Here it is, right there. Okay, above all things. How many things? All. all things. Above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another. And then it would qualify her without grumbling. I always thought hospitality meant we're hospitable. But Peter obviously had to clarify it. Okay? So to love... Be fervent in love. That word fervent is really empower, is powerful. It's impassioned. It's intense. It's focused. It's intentional. Fervency. When someone's fervent about something, you, you know it, don't you? Versus passive. 
So this word says be fervent in love for one another. Be excited with that. Connect to that. Even in difficult settings, be fervent in love. For it covers a multitude of sins. And now we're not into cover-ups. We're not covering people up. We're going to lovingly bring accountability to people in their lives and in their struggles. But being fervent in love covers a multitude of sins. It says that the love of God is covering the situation. And when I walk in it, it's covering me too. Versus me getting into judgmental spirit. Oh, that guy's a Christian. I can't believe that. And he calls himself a leader. And I can't believe that. And that whole judgmental thing. And I, you know, I'm not going to church anymore. Not citizen of heaven stuff. Okay? Not citizen of heaven stuff. We're hospitable without grumbling. Now, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but we've all been in settings and situations where you didn't necessarily feel like things were all that hospitable, but yet they were hospitable. You know what I'm saying? They got all the cool food and everything, but you better not mess up. Okay, the whole without grumbling thing was not in the zone. So we must be, as citizens of heaven, connecting to this truth of being doers of the word and not hearers only. And functioning and acting in a manner that honors Jesus as citizens of heaven. Because we have been given citizenship. Now we tend to act like we're only in this world. But actually the world is not where we reside. Heaven is where our names are written in the blood of Jesus Christ. So therefore, you know, we sometimes have to put up this is one of the things that I discovered on January 1st, that I would be metaphorically and spiritually using a lot of duct tape, okay? Because I would start to think and say things that were a counter to the will of God. I'm, I'm just saying it. Spiritual duct tape. Nope. Be obedient to what I've showed you to do, and then we'll take it for the next step. Be obedient to what I've showed you to do. Take it in the next step. Be obedient to what I've showed you to do. That's called faith. Walk by faith, not by feelings. So as we walk by faith, the Lord unveils the next step. Let's stand together, and I just want to pray over you and pray over myself as we take, take this step of, of just stirring ourselves. Now take just a few seconds 15 seconds, 30 seconds, I'm going to just be still. And consider that setting, situation, that business client, that employee, that employer, whatever. That just, we struggle acting like citizens of heaven. Or that friend at school, or that teacher, or that whatever. That we depend upon our own word too much versus the word of God. We depend upon someone's opinion more than the word of God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you now for the privilege to be able to share what's been burning in my heart for some time regarding my own life.
and walking it out to a deeper, deeper understanding and heart cry to function as a citizen of heaven. I pray over each and every person standing that they would walk in a fresh revelation of your love for them and your heart cry that they would be free from deception, that I would be free from deception, and as I'm a doer of your word, I walk free from deception, that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and pierces to the dividing points of the bone and the marrow, and your word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Oh God, I just declare the word penetrating every heart, young and old, Lord, and that we walk in a fresh picture as citizens of heaven, day in, day out, in our marriages, in our relationships. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, Lord, bless you. Thank you. Um, go and enjoy your lunch. Um, we'll be here if anyone desires prayer, encouragement, blessing, and uh, go ye and have a blessed day and a blessed week. Wednesday night, we'll rock. Be here both for prayer and for the videos. God bless. You are dismissed.
Oh 